Good morning. This is Psych with Shrill Hicks and Carrie Nickel, produced and broadcast by Zeus Radio Network. For Hear Women Talk, please give us a, gu- a call, guys. The number we can be reached is 646-652-2071. Welcome, wow, welcome, I'm welcome. Dry. I'm getting to I almost know that phone number off the top of my head. You got it. Huh. I'm getting there. Six four six six five two two zero seven one. Yeah, I got it. Got it. That's it. No cheat sheet in front of me either. You hear what I'm saying? (laughs) No. What'd you say? Hottest chicks on the air, Miss Carrie. I I hear you, Sherelle. If that were only true, baby. (laughs) Oh, girl, it's true. It's true if we wanted to be true. Yeah. No, Dustin said that we had some of the highest numbers on the radio. He said, oh, how cool is this thing, but they're not calling in. Guys, don't be scared. We are really down to earth. We, you know, we can talk about anything. This is table talk for girls and boys. So if you're listening out there, you got something on your mind, honey, call me. That's right. We had like seven people. What's that? It's Friday? Yes, ma'am. I was going to say, we had seven people on hold last week when we ended the show who were wanting to talk to us. They all waited till the very end. And I hate that. So I hope people call in earlier. Sherelle, I I just got to say, I am looking at the most gorgeous view right now. Tell me about it. I'm sitting on the back deck of this gorgeous house at the Outer Banks, staring out at the sound. There is a beautiful dock off the back of this house, and there is a gorgeous blue heron standing right on the uh, one of the poles. He's probably, what, 40 feet in front of me. Oh, wow. It's just, I know. It's just awesome, man. I, I just, do I have to come home? Yeah, you, you got lives to save, girl. We got too much work to do for you to stay out there. That's that's called restoring yourself, rejuvenation. Enjoy it and get back because you got work to do. I'm jealous. You hear me? <laughs> if I was down there, yeah, it'll up, be you. Like, uh, we're not going home. <laughs> Dustin lives at the beach. He's uh, he's got this out his back door every day. I'm sure. Oh gosh. That is so wonderful. Someday. I know, it really is. It's gorgeous. I needed this vacation. I needed to get away. So, yes, restoring, relaxing. So you're going to head out with some, to some football games with me this fall, huh, Sherelle? Absolutely. You know I want to go and see my nephew play. That's it, girl. He's always telling everybody how he's, you know, he's of mixed descent. He's got some, uh, he's got some African-American in him because he's got a black auntie. You better know it. Be right there cheering and hollering. Gonna be like, Lord, that's my black auntie, and she is going nuts. (laughs) We'll be in the sand doing the wave, man. Just the two of us. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh man. Wait. I can't. I can't either. I can't either. So, what's going on in the world? What's going on in your? Huh? Well, you know we have to do the pursuit of happiness because we're trying to uh, figure it out. Do you remember what it was last week? Something relative to, um, I guess, being cognizant of the things that you have achieved along your path. Okay, so recognizing your accomplishments is a way 
of pursuing happiness. I think it's certainly a way of bringing meaning into your life, and and I think that is what equates to, you know, elevating your mood. I think any time you've got meaning in your life or you're pursuing something that has meaning for you, you're going to feel more fulfilled. I don't know if this one is it, but I love it. It says, happiness isn't living through the accomplishments of others. You owe it to yourself to pursue your own dreams and to take pleasure and satisfaction in your own accomplishments. Invest in you. Invest in you? Is that what it said? Yeah, invest in you. So yeah. happiness isn't living through other people's accomplishments. It's about you <laughs> investing in you. So what makes you happy say that not I, make me happy? Yeah, I mean, that's, that would be hard for me to understand, even how someone would, would like, try to live vicariously through someone else. That doesn't even make sense to me. I mean, I'm yeah, happy for the things that my children achieve. Yeah, I guess, you know, maybe their husbands or their significant others, I would imagine probably more so than anything. But and a lot of people, maybe their kids, too. Yeah, they do, because I get, you know, quite a few clients that come in and with the emptiness syndrome, yeah, you know, kids are yeah. gone and they have put everything into their kids and now the kids are gone off to college and they don't have anything yeah, to really yeah. be happy about because they wrapped all their life into them. Yeah, I've seen some folks like that in my office too, people who get really caught up in their children's lives, either, either the good things they're doing or the bad things they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they become consumed with them, and they don't. And they, you know, you ask them, well, what What do you do for fulfillment? What do you do to bring joy to your life? Or what What do you enjoy? What has meaning to you? And they just kind of sit there and look at you, <laughs> like they've completely mm-hmm. forgotten. They don't remember. They're so out of touch with themselves that they they don't even know how to answer the question. Uh huh. So you know, but. I can't relate to that because as much as I, you know, both of my children have accomplished quite a lot and I'm very proud of both of them, um, I can't even for a second think about or imagine throwing myself into their lives, you know. Uh-huh. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, and I was thinking this morning about, like, my own pursuit of happiness and what has meaning for me and what makes me happy. And I think the thing, the biggest thing for me that makes me happy is knowing that the people that I love and care about, knowing that they're okay. Uh-huh. So for me, yeah. it's really more about other people. That's what seems to bring me happiness. It's knowing that the people that I love and care about, they're happy and they're okay. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, that's my bottom line. So if that's not if that's not okay, then nothing else is going to be okay. And maybe mm-hmm. that's why little things don't get to me so much because since that is really what brings my life meaning and joy, the other stuff isn't really all that important, you know. Uh huh. I have a, I have a, you know I can sort of let a lot of the other little stuff go because it really doesn't have a whole lot of meaning to me. So. <sighs> Gorgeous view, Cheryl. I wish I could share it with you, girl. Yeah, I'm going to get down there. I'm going to get to the beach. I don't know if I'm going to where you guys are because I heard you were in a nice uh, highfalutin area and Oprah was going to be down there or something, right? Well, unless Oprah's got a little red-headed girl, I don't think she's the one staying in the house down the street. 
Because <laughs> oh, okay. I was just walking around the neighborhood this morning, and I was like, mm, I don't think that's where Oprah is. But, yeah, the house we're staying in is gorgeous. It's got seven bedrooms. It has an elevator. Ooh! I know. Not that I've that taken one nice. ride on it, but... <laughs> yeah, there's an elevator in the house. Have you have you got on it yet? No, uh-uh. no, I haven't. Read. I don't like elevators, man. I have been caught. I have been stuck in elevators. Oh my god! I've Twice. Ooh, yeah, one time ooh. was at the North Carolina Museum of Art. Mhm. So and for three hours. <laughs> Oh, wow. Hey, girl, we got a caller first thing this morning. Thank you, folks, for calling in early. Um, yeah. Good morning, Scott. How are you? Well, I'm fine. How, how are you, Sheryl? I'm better now that I hear your voice. <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm able to call. Actually, the, the people who are supposed to be here meeting with me haven't showed up yet, and I thought, hey, this is a great opportunity. But I have a problem and a comment. Okay. Okay. Now, my problem is that I recently met, um, you know, in an interesting way, a, a couple of pretty neat girls. And so when I was going to be in their vicinity yesterday, I, you know, checked out you know, whether or not we'd be able to have lunch together. And one of them was so mortified by the idea that she packed up herself and her family and left town for the entire week. You know, as if the, the the Mongol horde was at the gates of the city or something. And so I, I thought maybe you all could tell me how it should be. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Do you want me to just pass over that to the thing I really wanted to say? <laughs> hey, tell, tell him, uh, uh, Carrie, if he knew how our lives was during the week, it's just nuts. It is and, nuts, yes. And Thursdays yeah. are hot days, hot days. I'm so sorry. <laughs> please, please come again. Let us know when you're uh, yeah. definitely going to, you know. Well, they're waving to me that my folks are here now, but I had something else I wanted to say. When, when you were talking about the pursuit of happiness, um, uh -huh. and Carrie, you were saying some interesting things because I really wasn't looking at it that way you talk about you know being you know fulfilled and happy when your family is also feeling that way that that's that's what makes yeah. your life happy and mm -hmm. so i there are certainly a lot of ways to look at that i about what the pursuit of happiness is but what i was thinking is that i really believe that that all of us all all human beings have a naturally happy state and I, I think about that because of, you know, babies and all that. While some of them may cry and be uncomfortable, I think we're born in a naturally happy state. So for me, while there may be certain things that I want to do that make me happy, when I think about a sustained happiness, I really direct it more to what is standing between me and my natural state. So I ask myself, mm -hmm. what are the things that are that are eroding or interrupting my happiness and for me um recently having gone through this process myself i realized right away work is going to ruin my life if, if i'm not <laughs> okay. really careful and and get rid of it and i'm there i'm not being cute there at all right i'm a hard okay. worker but you know there's too much of it 
And there was, God, there was another example I wanted to give you of, uh, you know, in my own life, so you see what I mean, but I probably don't need another example. But that that's just how I look at it. I think I'm a naturally happy guy, and we're all naturally happy people. What's What are we doing? Uh-huh. Well, I never thought about that. You're right. I think most small children are really happy. I think, you know, I think as they get older, depending upon their parents, I think we we tend to absorb the attitude and, and, and the personalities to a great degree of our folks, don't you? Uh-huh. And Absolutely. I think that, I'd, yeah. and I, you know, what I've noticed is that there are a lot of really negative people out there. Uh-huh. Um, and I've, I've thought a lot about that. And you know, if you think about it, being negative or at least what I'm calling negative is sort of someone who always notices what's wrong. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, you've got people out there who can, you know, look at any given situation, and some people can just automatically draw out of any situation what's bad and what's negative. And then some uh-huh. people can look at the situation and, and take out what's positive. But most of the people out there, I think, you'll agree, will look at a situation, and, and the first thing they'll be aware of and they'll notice is what's wrong. And I think as a culture, we sort of encourage that. Um, uh-huh. I mean, we sort of, you know, if you look at the news and what people broadcast, and I mean, it's usually always very negative. There's always it's the negative, negative stuff that gets broadcast. Uh-huh. And, and, and we almost, as a culture, we almost like celebrate the bad shit that people do. Uh-huh. I mean, you, you and I were talking earlier, Sherelle, about that girl Fantasia. And I mean, you know, there's a lot of, you know, celebrities and people in politics. And I mean, they're all, you know, a lot of them doing really bad stuff. And that's what we tend to focus on. We're not focusing on the people who are doing well, the people who are doing the right thing. Uh-huh. So as a culture, we tend to, to, to sort of focus on the negative. But I also think if you look way back and you go back to like when men were living in caves, I mean, it was the people who were focused on the negative and the people who were focused on what was wrong who actually survived, Right. Yep. So I think we've almost hmm. sort of cultivated in ourselves as a human race sort of this looking for what's wrong, this noticing what's dangerous or what, you know, what you got to be careful of. But I think that so when children are born and they're little, yeah, I think that, you know, any little baby, they're easy to smile, they're easy to make laugh. But then as they get older, they sort of, they they are exposed to the attitude and the personalities of their parents, and oftentimes it's really negative. And I don't know about you guys, but, like, I'm a carbon copy of my mom. Um, and thankfully I, I, I loved my mother and, and thought she was a great woman, but I think, you know, we have a natural tendency to be very similar to, to the people who raised us, and I think most people are negative. I, I totally agree, but it's time for us to take a break, guys, and we, when we come back, we'll follow up on this conversation. We'll see you back in a few minutes. Welcome back to Psyched with my very dear friend, Sherelle Hicks, and myself, Carrie Nickel. Back at you. So what did you think about that, Sherelle? Did you think, uh, did you agree with my theory? I do. I really do. I mean, I say this at least three times a week. You know, when parents bring their kids in and, you know, they just, oh, I don't know. And I said, okay, well, let's talk about what you and Papa are doing. Because kids right. are like sponges, you know, and they Hell watch yeah. what we do, they watch what we say, they watch how we handle anger, and that's what yeah. they go out and they replay to the world. So when they come to yeah. me, I'm like, you know, as babies, these kids didn't come out like this, you know, they may have had a, you know, a, a challenging temperament as a baby, but still we mold and shape their behavior, what we call it uh, behavior modification. But, um, yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, it's so we, funny to me because I'll have, I have parents who come in and they bring their teenagers and they'll say, you know, you know, Billy really needs a lot of help. He screams, he yells, he, you know, when he gets angry, he throws fits, he calls me names, he hits. And then mom and dad will leave the room and guess what Billy says? Uh-huh. Mom and dad, you know, that mom and dad each other up. Yeah. Yeah, or jacking me up and screaming and yelling at me and calling me names and you know, and then you gotta wonder what are these parents thinking? You know? I mean, of course Billy's behaving this way because this is how he's being treated. Mm-hmm. So that's the challenge in working with teenagers too, isn't it? Because, you know, you wanna help the kid but most of the time it involves really working more with the parent. Yeah. So, that, you you get ready to get me on a subject that I scream and shout about because, you know, I go into the school system and I work with kids. And it, it's interesting how uh, when we're working together, we can come to a place where we're making changes in their life. But if at home things are still the same, we're going to still have the yeah. same behavior. So, uh-huh. you know, I think and, and then really you really just have to you just really have to work with the kid and get them to figure out. <laughs> really how to grow beyond their parents. Oh, yeah. that's It's hard, though. And, like, I have kids at school, right? This is a big epidemic, and this is how we were taught, how I was taught as a kid. If somebody hits you, you hit them back, right? So right, you go to school, right. and you hit somebody back, you get in trouble. So I'm talking to yeah. little Johnny saying, listen, now, you can't be hit. Well, my mama told me, if somebody hit me, yep. I better hit them back. So it's like, okay, I'm not the mom, so who the, who are they going to listen to? They're going to get suspended, but that's the, that's the way that they were taught. So what, what do yep. you do? Yeah. What do you But we have another caller, girl. Hi, Miss Laverne. Awesome. Welcome. Hey, Welcome. Darling, how are you? How are you? Yes, how are you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. How are you guys doing? We are doing great. great. What's going Normally on? Normally, y'all are so packed up, I can't get in. There's so many callers <laughs> waiting to call in, I can't get in anymore. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's what we like to hear. What's going on? <laughs> I'm like, you forever on the telephone waiting to talk to you guys, and I just barely make it, but I made it today. I made it today. Good. Honey, let's talk. I want to talk about this Fantasia situation going on, honey. Let's talk about Fantasia for a minute. For all these ladies out here sleeping with other folks' men, let's talk about Fantasia, honey. Ooh, this is a situation that is just heart-wrenching. In case you all don't know, allegedly, (laughs) allegedly, she allegedly slept with Antoine Cook, who was allegedly married at the time. And I use the word allegedly because I'm not, you know, I'm repeating what I heard. So I don't have the facts per se, so I use allegedly. But to make okay. a long Good story for you. short, what's, what's, what's really kicked in is that clause in North Carolina called alienation of affection. Now you want to take your own head off because she brought the dig in that pocketbook. See, it's, um, <laughs> it's a thin line between sex and money. You know? Yeah. Like, what are yeah. your thoughts? Well, I Jarelle, think you're going to have to have any thoughts on this. 
Well, you know, my first of all, my heart goes out to Fantasia and to everybody who who does not know Fantasia. Fantasia won American Idol. I'm not quite sure what year it was, but she's a soulful singer and she has a great voice and uh, she started dating somebody and, and apparently what they said on Entertainment Tonight is that she apologized and said she did not know that he was married. So I, I think Girl, that you have an epidemic. I, we have an epidemic because I think sometimes men tell women what they think they want to hear. So if I yeah, know on, I'm now. not going to get the, Wait, wait, wait. If I know I'm not going to get the cookies because you're not going to mess with me because I'm married, then I will tell you what you need to hear so I can get what I want. So, I, again, allegedly, we don't know the story, but she's saying now that he told her that he was not married, and so she fell in love with this dude. And now the wife is saying she's going to sue. I, I, in a way, I don't feel like it's fair because she didn't know. I don't right. know. Well, when you call someone's house allegedly and say, I got your man now, when she has oh. recorded conversations of you calling her house, talking, oh, you know, yeah. documentation of harassment say, and saying that, you know, I got your man. And then they have, she has, this is on the web. She has documentation of her and her husband trying to make an attempt to work it out. And that whole alienation of affection piece comes in when the woman willfully knows that the person is married and attempts to continue to be involved with this person, even okay. if they're involved with her, him. It, it's a willful act, meaning that you know this person is married, and even if you found out after the fact, yeah, you may be a day late in the dollar short, but you have to let go. She's talking about harassing phone calls, disrespecting her family, oh. just a, a string of accusations is being thrown at Fantasia. So to, you you got you you got to hope that she doesn't have any type of recorded information, so that perhaps the I didn't know can stick. But if she has right. you know recorded conversation of you saying I got your man now he's mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a completely different story. That's a completely different. Yeah, that's that's crazy. She was she kind of stuck her own foot in the fire on that one. If that's a little, I would if I was dating a guy and found out he was married. My first thought is I wouldn't want him anymore. What the hell? I mean, if he's with somebody else and married to them and with me and lying to me about it and misrepresenting his his status, his relationship status, then down the road he could do the same thing to you. So I would toss him back in a heartbeat. Yeah, but hold I, up, man. I agree with you, Carrie, but you got to remember a minute, also that. Okay. Wait a minute now. Matters of the heart. And That's when, what I was about to say. Once he get that mind gone and then he pop it up and say, oops, by the way, I'm married yep. with eight kids. <laughs> That's a big <laughs> lie, man. That's something I, I could not overcome that. That's something that it would it would trump. Like, everything that I felt about him or I thought I felt about him up to that point would fall into question then because then you're dealing with somebody who's lying and who can easily misrepresent the truth. So what else does he lie to you about, and how well do you know this person? Yeah, I, I just I, so, I want to send her my card and say, listen here, 
you need to get in contact with me and I'll be your personal therapist because I will help you out, girlfriend. I mean, I've been <laughs> in a lot of situations in life and, I, you know, I have experience dating a married man and it's not something that I ascribe to, but it was not a good situation and I don't welcome that on anybody. But like I said, it was uh-uh. an experience. So I would, I, I would be able to help this sister. Honey, it, killing yourself is not worth it. It really isn't. No, especially really for some jack like that. Pardon my friend. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think, I think you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, you ladies are psychologists or therapists. When you look at it, I mean, you, you're not really going to get too far or too quick with aspirin and something else. So, you know, everybody has that cry for help, and I think that she's crying out for help, you know, to say, because now she's saying that the overwhelming pressure and the fact, get the kicker of the whole cake. The fact of the matter is, Antoine has left this girl. Now she is standing there holding a basket of tears, oh. and he ain't with her or the wife. So she's lost it because she's feeling like all the pressure is now on her. And, and that it is. Allegedly, she was deceived, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You just better well, hold again, my heart goes out to her. Absolutely. Because she had to really be in a dark place. And I did oh, hear yeah. that I found her in, in a closet. And, you know, the first thing that came to my mind is the closet, safety, barriers. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of things that came to mind. But that's that's a really deep situation. But, again, my heart goes out oh. to her. And I hope that she's well and learn from this situation. And I think, ladies, now when we dating, we got to ask for the divorce papers. I mean, we've come to that place where, you know, people will say what they think you want to hear. But I think I'm going to ask for some divorce papers. No kidding. I'm serious. I had a lady in my office just the other day who was telling me how she was dating a guy, and for the first nine years of their relationship, he was telling her that he was married. Because I guess he didn't want the relationship to become anything serious, so he was telling her he was married, and when in fact he was not. Oh! That's a stand. And guess what? Look at that situation, Carrie. She she was willing to commit to a man for nine years that willingly admitted that he was married. What is wrong with her? What is she looking yeah. at when oh. she look in the mirror every day? I think women that do feel, you know, I think that when, when, when someone tells me that, you know, oh, yeah, I do guys that got somebody already because I don't want to be tied down. No, I think you're a coward, and I think that you're the reason why men get away with what they get away with because mm-hmm. a man could not do it without the permission of the woman. And that's, that's just right. the bottom line. And a lot of times, these married men, they are honest. They go out here. They say, I'm married. I'm not leaving my wife. And they can still get and find the deal. And it pisses me off. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I know. And, it, you know, it says a lot. Like you said, it says a lot about the person and a lot about their self-esteem. Because I, yeah, I personally, absolutely. you know, if I was with some guy and he says, I'm married, um, well, hit the road. I mean, I'm not going to lower myself and my personal standards to engage in a relationship with somebody who is behaving inappropriately. That's just not okay. Because I want to feel, at the end of the day, I want to feel good about me. And I want to feel good about the decisions I've made. So, 
you're absolutely right. There's a lot of people out there, though, who who very much live in the moment. Mm-hmm. And who don't think, yeah. you know, about the consequences the of their behavior. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, so. I call them selfish son of a you-know-whats because they are living two, two lives. The and they're not, they're not taking consideration for other people's feelings. And, and it pisses me off, too. So I think we should make a pact today, all the women across the world, when you meet a married man, send his ass home. You gotta start somewhere. Absolutely. Gotta start somewhere. You know what I mean? Go home, buddy. Absolutely. When when you get it together, and also for the men, too, because we got some sisters out there that's swirling around, too, now. So, absolutely. We just talked about this pursuit of happiness just by happenstance. We have to stop sabotaging your happiness and put your life first. But it's time for us to take. Ladies, and when we come back, we're going to follow up with Carrie and Sherelle with Sight. Welcome back to Sight with Sherelle Hicks and Carrie Nichol. Interesting topic of conversation, Sherelle. Mm-hmm. We could talk about relationships all week long, couldn't we? Mm-hmm. 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 And don't you think it's interesting how it always comes back to, to self esteem? When we talk about, like, the problematic behaviors yes. that people exhibit in relationships, okay. it usually comes down to, you know, when you don't feel good about yourself, you don't feel good about your options, and uh, your behavior follows suit. That's right. So when you think higher of yourself, you make better decisions. And uh, Most definitely. you make them according to your self-worth. When your self-worth is, you're not in a good place, you will, you will welcome anything in. Yeah. You entertain yeah. anything. And it's a yeah. self-perpetuating situation because if you think, you know, if you choose to think good things about yourself and then you want to continue doing that and then your behavior reflects that, so you're making good choices and good decisions so that at the end of the day you can feel good about yourself. You just, you get, you feel better and better all the time. Uh-huh. I mean, I can't uh-huh. imagine being in a relationship with somebody who's married at this point in my life, you know, not to say that when I was younger, I might not have fallen into that trap, right? but certainly not now, not now, you know, because like I said, it would just, it would compromise how I feel about me, and I always want to do the right thing, not that I always do, certainly, I'm sure, but, but it's always my aim to, to make decisions that are going to impact my life and the lives of people around me in a, in a good way. Mm-hmm. So. And I think you said something that was key, and I don't want people to feel hopeless. You said, when I was younger, you said mm-hmm. I may have made some inappropriate you know, decisions, but now since I'm older, I value myself and what I will welcome into my life. And I think that's key. You know, some people just don't get it right now, but it doesn't mean that you won't get it in the future. <clears throat> Life experiences teaches us, you know, how we will allow people to treat us. Right, exactly. There's just some things that I'm not going to put up with that I put up with in my 20s. I'm just not going to do it. Absolutely not. It's such a beautiful thing. Yes, ma'am, it is. Yes, indeed. It's funny how much we change. And I remember when I was younger reading articles written by people who were older, and they talk about, 
how much better it is to to when you get older and you feel so much more self assured and you you know yourself so much better and feel better about you know you just get to a place of just acceptance you know who you are what you look like what your capabilities are and I think that's so very true um, mm-hmm. I think you know all the things that you go through in life they teach you about what you can and can't handle they teach you how to handle things show you what your strengths are um, and then as you get older you make better decisions hold on a second Jessica I've got a daughter who can't seem to respect my continuous requests for <laughs> quiet. For what? <laughs> She's well, not picking up what I'm putting down in her car. Look, after you did what you did to her car, I, I you know, you got to give her. A hey, break. look, we just yeah. Well, the car's been fixed. In fact, the car now is in better shape than it was before. So I did her a favor. <laughs> God, no, but she's only got two weeks left before she goes off to college, so I'm trying not to give her too much of a hard time. Yeah, don't, just be easy. Be easy. Easy. Because <laughs> I can hear you calling me easy. now. My babies go! Uh-huh. <laughs> you know I will be. <laughs> she ran, you got to go out with me. I'm feeling sad. <laughs> Oh, actually, I'm, I mean, I, I'm sort of getting to the point where I'm a little bit ready for her. I'm ready for her to go. No, we're not. What? I, I said, we're what? not going there. No, we're not going there because you're going to be sad. You're going to be a sad puppy. I already know it. I know. You'll I get am through sad it. about it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. She's a great kid, too, I know. so we're sending her good energy. She's a good yeah, she's, she's a sweetheart. She is. Wow, and my mama dropped over. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got to take, we got to push Brandon through. So. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon's good though. He's a yeah. He's good. He's, he's you know he's he's not even messed up in girls or anything. You know, all he does is yeah. his football. He he eats, he sleeps, he plays football, and he goes to the gym. You know that girl is coming, right? The one that we're going to have yeah. to, like, jack up to say, look, you need to do the right thing. He's 200 and some pounds and six what? Six one and 205 pounds. See, she's coming. She is coming. She's going she gonna to spot that thing across the football field. Yeah, that, 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 that. <laughs> She has pretty blue eyes, and she's going to go, ooh, look yes. at that tenderoni. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to mess with mom. And it's funny because I probably will be much more protective of him. Isn't that odd? Like, I guess most fathers protect their daughters, and most mothers probably protect their sons. Yeah. She got she got to have her stuff together now. She just can't come in there any old kind of way. We got to get him to college and go play NFL so that we can, you know, go to the games and be cute. <laughs> and he can buy Mama a new car. Yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. We got uh-huh. plans for that one, honey. <laughs> That's right, and he's following, he's following right into my little trap. 
Yes. You play football, baby. You go on. <laughs> That's terrible. I wouldn't use my children like that. That would be living vicariously through my child, Sherelle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't do that, you remember? What well, we just said, the huh? pursuit of happiness is not living through someone else's accomplishments. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. But we'll be working <laughs> on some things. You know, we, like last week we were talking about coming up with a hotline for abused men because we don't have anything out there like that. You remember? So we got projects we're working on. Yeah. <laughs> and what is it? We're supposed to have any spare time to work on any of these other projects? It's going to slow down sometimes, sweetie. We'll get there. Uh-huh. We're going to get there. Uh-huh. Yeah. I see why it's slowing down when we're maybe in our 60s or... Yeah. Maybe. I met a lady at a graduation cocktail party Sunday night, and she was 77. And she turned around and showed us how she could drop it like it was hot, girl, at 77. So get you the hell out, really? Yes, she did. She looked good, too. She looked great. And I have, an, uh, I have a client that I go walking when she's a little overweight. And there's a lady that's walking in the park. She's 77. And, honey, she would have never told me. I wouldn't have never known. So age is in the mind. Absolutely. If you, you want to be old, you can be old. But if you want to live Absolutely. and look good, you can do just that. Yeah, I'm so happy true. that I'm meeting women on my path that have embraced getting older and loving it and showing younger women how it can be done. Absolutely. I mean, it's very different now than when we were kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, women are staying much more active and taking, like you said, taking good care of themselves. My grandmother, who is now, I'd say she's probably 88 now. So about three years ago when she was 85, she got remarried. At how old? 85. You go, girl. <laughs> and her husband. Yeah, and her husband's like 11, 12 years younger than she is. Mama, she you married her a young whippersnapper. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And the, the the funny thing was, like, right before she got remarried, her and her <clears throat> boyfriend at the time drove across the country from Vancouver to come see me. Oh, wow. See, my 85-year-old grandma was booking it across the country, man, coming to coming to hang out with me for a while. That's And then when she got awesome. back, they... <laughs> She's well, a kick in the pants, man. You? How does that inspire you? As I guess, you know, she's, she's a good role model because, like you said, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, I don't, I don't view 85 as being an age where you have to necessarily be bed-bound or sedentary or old, you know. I mean, she's still living life and, and doing what she wants to do. So, so I guess I, you know, I, she paints a good picture for me, you know. Well, let me ask you Of what you old age can look like. What? Well, I, I have a godmother, and she is absolutely gorgeous. And she's single, but she's dating, you know? And she's 74. She walks every morning. And I was having a conversation with her uh, last week, and she was telling me that there was sex at the 70. Do you think it's probably sex at the 80? You ever ask your grandmama that? 
And if you scan, uh, I'll ask. No, but I will. I can ask her. I mean, she'd probably be honest with me and tell me. Yeah, well, that's you what she said. She said, there, there is six out of seventy. That's what she told me. Blue Thank you, Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they may I be personally think they may be dealing well, with young women because your grandmother, what, her her husband is how much younger than her? Twelve years, so he was 73 when they got married. Oh, wow. But st- but that's all, you know, that's up there. I mean, if your stuff is going to stop working, I figure it's going to stop a lot earlier than when you're 73. It's not like it's going to be working great until you turn 73. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to thank those fine... Huh? We should, we should call her and have her on the show. You think she's up now? She's in Vancouver, baby. It's, she's three hours behind us. Oh, okay. My grandma should, sleeps we, until freaking noon, you know? Well, <laughs> we should have her on the show and interview her. Is that, that's just... That so would be really interesting. Isn't that cool? I want to do, she go that through the same cool. issues that we as, you know women like our age go through with men or, or like when they get older like that, they kind of, you know, chill out and try to do the right thing. What do you think? <laughs> well, I certainly hope so. I mean, like we were discussing earlier about how age certainly impacts our choices and the decisions we make. I certainly hope that's the same thing for men. Uh, that as they get older, they learn from their mistakes and they make better choices. Well, I I'm just going to assume that's true. The guy that my um, godmother was dating, he was on uh, Facebook and he was on some match, you know, you know, he, he internet, internet date. And I think that was, you know, something that really caused some problems in their relationship because, you know, he just had a whole list of women he probably could talk to. So... He's nice. online dating at 70 years old. Well, he's also, I guess, lying to her at 70 years old. Well, she don't play them games, honey. She kicked him to the curve. Good for her. Yay! Yeah. Man, I'm going to stand yeah. up and applaud that. Somebody who set a boundary and I'm not okay with that behavior, next. Good for her. Yep, and she's 70 years people. old, so she she don't play no games, baby. I love it. She's Good. a great model. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah, she is. See, more people put, you know, set in place for themselves some healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. They, we wouldn't have as many people in unhealthy relationships because, you know what, number one, they'd be out of those relationships, and number two, hopefully the people they've ended the relationships with might learn something from their behavior. Yes. Because if and they you might, don't set boundaries, think, it's just like with raising a kid. If you don't put consequences in place, they're going to keep doing that foolishness. Period. Absolutely. Right. Because nothing around them is giving them any negative feedback. So they're going to uh-huh. keep doing the same thing. Uh-huh. And that's Absolutely. what people don't understand. I mean, <laughs> to be dating somebody and to continue going out with them. I mean, like the woman I was talking about earlier who dated this guy for nine years and then found out that the entire time he'd been lying to her, telling her that he was married when he was in fact not... And I want you to know that she stayed in that relationship with him, and it is now seven years later, and she's been with him for 16 years. Oh, wow. So, I mean, are they done now? No. 
Nope. Oh my goodness. We have a caller, Michael. Awesome. Hey, Michael. Hello. How are you? Just fine, and you? I'm great. We welcome to our show. We were just talking about uh, seventy and eighty year olds and still having sex and relationships, and if they're still going through the crap that we go through at, at our age bracket. So that's what we were talking about. But what's on your mind today? Oh, my mind today. Whew. Let me see. Well, I think that's a that's a that's a very that's a good thing. I mean, that means they are, in fact, just like us, though. But you, you mean, we don't really change. We may get older, but we're mm -hmm. still the same people we were. You know, so we're trying to enjoy the same pleasures in life that we always have. And it just comes about that we are doing it with people of our own age. So 50, 60, 70, 80, you still got to deal with the somebody might be married, somebody might not. But, you know. It's each his own, so it works. I don't know if that gives me a good feeling because I'm hoping that, you know, as I get older, some of these games will kind of subside. So, I don't know, Carrie, what you well, think? Well, the game... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, the games will subside because, I mean, unless you have somebody that's just been thrown in that circle and they can't get out of it, but that means they haven't been able to make a decision probably their whole life, so they're stuck in a rut. I mean, believe it or not, kids, jobs, <clears throat> your friends, everything plays a factor into how your relationship actually evolves. And the older we get, say, once you reach your point of I've got what I think I want and what I think I need, you get a little more comfortable. So the games ought to go away because you don't have to snow anybody over to be you, such as the younger people do. I mean, we're all trying to make it. So you put your best foot forward, but every time that's not enough. But as you get older, you realize you get more comfortable with yourself. When you get more comfortable with yourself, it's not about what somebody thinks about you. It's the way you feel about you. Mm. So you're saying that they can be in their 70s and 80s, but if they're not feeling good about themselves, they continue to do dysfunctional things. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Exactly, because they still don't get to the point of happiness. See, once you find out how to be happy, life is simple. But while you're trying to figure it out, you're like a teenager. I'll do this, and what consequences will I suffer from it? And that's the funny thing, because, believe it or not, your consequences are born from your intentions. But you can alter any circumstance with an intrusion of chances. Chances are what we take through our whole life trying to get to where we want to be. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that's so true. I mean, Absolutely. but the sticking point of it, you know, the sticking point of it is you have to believe in you to do what? Mm -hmm. To even take that chance. It's like taking that step <laughs> in the dark. You have to believe in you before you can do anything. And that's where a lot mm -hmm. of people aren't up to their own standards because they haven't been taught or haven't been brave enough to say, I can do this myself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's right. Well, I Life appreciate you calling in. I appreciate you calling in, Michael. Yeah. 
This uh, we are now at the end of our show. We hope that you call in. Please call in earlier next Friday. We would love to hear from you, and we appreciate your time. But that's our show for today, folks. This has been Psych with Sherelle Hicks and Carrie Nichols, produced and broadcast by Zeus Radio Network for Here Women Talk.